Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Amen. Well, I don't know if you're as excited as I am, but whenever this book gets opened, I hope that your heart is expectant here in this building and online. Today, we're going to get into the Bible, and God is going to speak to us. Amen? Amen. Well, if you could turn with me to Matthew chapter 16, Matthew chapter 16, and I want to look at a story that I think is going to really, really help us. How many of you want to hear God's voice more? Amen. If you're online and you want to hear God's voice more, you got to type it in there. We want to know if we want to hear God's voice because I believe that if we're supposed to be a disciple of Jesus, Jesus lived by listening to the Holy Spirit. He did everything that he was supposed to do based on listening to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit guiding him into what he was supposed to do. That's the example that he set for us. So it is critically important that we're able to hear from God. Now, I've, I've got a question because I don't know if you're like me, but if there's any husbands online or in the room, maybe you've had a similar experience to me. You're on your phone, maybe it's social media, or maybe you're watching something on TV, game, or, or you're trying to fix something, and then your wife comes and starts talking to you. All the brothers, they already know. They already know where this is going. And so you're scrolling, you're flipping, whatever it is, and she starts talking to you. And here's the thing. I can hear every word that she's saying. I can hear the, I know the tone of the conversation, if I'm in trouble or if I'm not. I, I know that what kind of conversation we're having. I can hear the words coming out of her mouth. And so when she asks me, are you listening to me? The answer is, of course, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. The next question is the one that's really difficult, and she typically gets me. And that's when she asks, what did I just say? Anybody been there before, right? And then for some reason, all of the information that was for sure logged in my mind evaporates in a moment. And I try to talk to her and, and I have, and I got nothing. I got nothing. You ever been there before? <laughs> you, ever, you ever felt like uh, you were listening only to find out you really weren't? <laughs> Taking a test, you found out I didn't know this material as well as I thought I did. You know what I found is that people don't like to be misunderstood. If you hear someone repeating what you said and they say it wrong, it, it irks you, right? You say, no, 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 that's not, that's not what I said. Well, here's what I found. I found that God, he also doesn't like to be misinterpreted. And, and sometimes... We, without realizing it, can misinterpret God because of the filters that we have over our hearts and our minds. The Bible says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Today, 
I wanna pray, God, remove the filters, open up our ears, and help us to hear. Amen? I want you to turn with me to chapter 16 of the book of Matthew, verse five. I wanna start reading. I wanna tell you this story that I think is gonna show you what I believe is one of the greatest filters that hinders us from being able to hear the voice of God. And when the disciples reached the other side, they had forgotten to bring any bread. Now stop right there. I wanna give you a little bit of context because right before this passage, what had happened was Jesus miraculously had just fed over 4,000 people. He took bread, he took fish, and he, and he broke them, and he distributed them, and he made something from very small, a very small meal. He turned it into a feast for over 4,000 people. And so he told the disciples, hey, make sure that you get the leftovers and, and you get them into baskets. And so the disciples are now in the boat and they're coming over and they're realizing we forgot the bread. Anybody ever forgot something online or in person? A couple of you. We're gonna switch the sermon to lying. We're gonna, right now. We've all forgotten things, right? And that's what happened with the disciples. They just, they just forgot. They just dropped the ball. And so Jesus said to them, watch and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Leaven was like, uh, it was used with yeast and it was something that would go into the bread and it was small, but it would spread throughout the dough. It would multiply quickly. And he says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And they began discussing it among, among themselves saying, we brought no bread. But Jesus, aware of this, said, O oh, you of little faith, why are you discussing among yourselves the fact that you have no bread? Do you not perceive? Do you not remember the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many baskets you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many baskets you gathered? How is it? that you fail to understand that I did not speak about bread. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Jesus, today, open our ears. We wanna hear your voice. Everyone online, everyone in the building, God, all of us together, we wanna hear your voice. And I pray today, remove the barriers, remove the filters, remove the guilt, remove everything that would hinder us from hearing your voice today. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said? Amen. Today, I want you to know that shame shuts your ears. Shame shuts your ears. You know, I read this passage and I was kind of laughing because I was like, man, I, I've so done this. How, how many of you have ever gone and you started reading the Bible and you're flipping through the Bible and you recognize that you just can't get encouraged from what you're reading? Anybody? 
How many of you have had a really encouraging conversation with someone and they were just, they were just encouraging you? And I'm not talking about flattering. I'm talking they were really encouraging you. They're like, man, when you said this, it, it blessed that person. And you know, when I saw you serving over here, it really, it did something for my heart. It encouraged me and made me want to do the same thing. But for some reason, you can't get encouraged from that. For some reason, there's something that's hindering you from receiving what they're saying. It's shame. Sometimes we go to the Bible and we say, well, uh, there's so much in here, but you know, if I would have been reading my Bible sooner, I'd be able to read more. Or you know what, if I wouldn't have done the things that I did this week, if I wouldn't have lost my temper the way that I did, or if I wouldn't have looked at the things that I looked at, then maybe I would be able to hear this passage more clearly. But you know, I'm just reading my Bible and God, I'm just, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You ever had a devotion like that? They're terrible. Shame. It shuts your ears from what God is saying. I love this. Because the disciples, they, they didn't see it. They didn't understand what was going on. But here's the deal about shame. Shame is small and circular. Shame is small and circular. Shame can only see what was directly behind you. Shame is only able to see the thing that you missed before. It's so limited in its perspective. It doesn't take into account anybody but you. And here's the deal about shame. Shame is something that constantly circles in your head and it never lands. Do you know why? Because shame is about something that took place in the past that's already been dealt with. And so if you bring up something that already has a solution, the natural the natural course of, of, of your thoughts and the logical progression is, if I'm thinking about this, then it must need a solution. But if you're thinking about something that already has a solution, you're supposed to move on. So when you're thinking about the past, it's just circling in your head. I love what the disciples did. They just started, notice Jesus says, hey, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And I just love the disciples' interpretation, okay? It's the most mystical, crazy interpretation of Jesus' words that you, can, that you can understand. Jesus says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they said, we didn't bring any bread. <laughs> I knew it. Peter, I told you to grab the baskets. You were supposed to, no, you were supposed to, it's a crazy interpretation. Why would Jesus bring up the Pharisees and the Sadducees if he said, you forgot the bread? I'm pretty sure Jesus would have been like, hey, why did you guys bring the bread? But that's not what he's talking about. But if all the disciples could think about was what has already happened, then guess what? The only possible solution is to the question that Jesus asked. Or the, not even a question, a statement that he made to them must be the bread. How many of you ever been called into your boss's office? Right? <laughs> How, so tell me about the, 
your, your thought process is before you go into that office and you know what he's talking about. Hey, can I, can I, I need to talk to you about something. Okay, you start going through a list. What did I do wrong? How, oh, did, did I miss that? I'm pretty sure I sent that email. That, whatever, no, that problem is not mine. That is someone else's. And you start creating an argument to get yourself out of trouble and you get in and then he's like, hey, you know, you've been doing such a good job. I just wanna give you a raise. And you're like, well, but you gotta understand that problem wasn't mine. And he's like, because when you have shame as your reference point, then the only thing that you can see is your mistakes. You can't hear what God is going to do. You can't hear what God wants to do. You can only see your mistakes, your failures. What filter do you listen to God through? Here's what shame looks like. Shame is personal, if you could put that up. It's personal. So shame, it's you, you're the problem. Shame looks at you and it says, this is not just a, an issue. This is not just something that needs to be addressed. This is your identity. This is who you are. You see, you, you see the way that you handled that situation? You see how you dropped the ball and you missed the mark over here? That's because that's who you are. You did that and so that's, that's just who you are. It's, it's you, it's you're the problem. You see, if the devil, listen to me, if the devil can get you to believe that you are not who God says you are, then he's one because you act like who you believe you are. And so if the devil can get you to think that you're not acting, the, or rather that you are not who God says you are, then you will act below your calling. It's true. It's personal. It's also pervasive. It's all of you. It's not just a one-time instant. This is, just, this is just the way that you behave. This is just how you are. It's not just a one-time incident. This is something that is going to be a part of your life, and it's always going to be there. And that's the next thing. It's permanent. It's never going to change. You see, the enemy wants you to build monuments to your mistakes, the enemy wants you to build monuments and idols of your failures in the past. And so what happens is God starts to talk to you about what is going to happen in the future. God starts to teach you a new revelation of who he is and what he has for you. And what happens is you say, hold on, hold on, let me just, let me just pay homage to my past. And... And then when you pay homage to your past, you're showing this is a part of who I am and so whatever you have for me, I still have to stay connected to my past. But that's not how it goes. <laughs> that's not why Jesus died on the cross. That's not why he rose three days later. That's not why he resurrected from the dead. That's not why he took the keys from hell. The reason that Jesus did what he did is so that you can be a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come in Jesus' name. You know, how many of you, you've ever been uh, flying, right? And 
it's been a long flight and you're looking forward to getting to your destination and the pilot gets on the intercom and have you noticed all pilots' voices, they all sound the same. Well, thank you very much for flying today. Just wanna let you know, we're gonna have to circle the airport a couple more times. We've got some problems on the tarmac. Thank you for your patience. And the plane begins to circle, circle. I was on a flight not long ago and they, they had to circle so many times, they said, we don't have enough fuel to land, and so we're gonna have to go to a different airport that's close by. And I'm like, wait a second. That messes everything up. When you circle, you never get to settle what's going on. You see, shame is like a plane that just will not land. It has no solution, it has no conclusion, it intends to stay with you forever, and what we need to do is we need to land the shame plane. We have to make a decision. This thing is not coming with me. This is not something that we're gonna continue to allow. We are landing this plane. Listen. Don't circulate your problems over and over again where you don't have any solutions. You know why? It turns into a pity party. It turns into a pity party and then what happens is you begin to feel sorry for yourself and you actually begin to take that on as who you are and then you can't see what's next. And it makes it hard for other people to help you at that point too. And I don't have time to go into it, but when you're stuck in shame, what happens is you can't move forward. Let's stop crying about what happened in the past and let's move on. We need to have a funeral today for our past. Amen? Because there's so many important things. What Jesus was trying to say to the disciples is he says, look out, disciples, for the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. You see, the Pharisees were known for their legalistic interpretation of the law, their legalistic infiltration on, the, on religion and people's relationship with God. And the Sadducees were known for trying to bring in to the Jewish religion the more secular thoughts. They said that they didn't believe in the resurrection. And so what was happening is Jesus was saying, hey guys, don't give in to legalism and don't let the world creep into your relationship with God. Don't you think that's a little more important than don't forget the bread? We're having conversations with God about the bread. Meanwhile, he's talking about the health of the church. Jesus did not call you so that you could be small and insignificant and constantly struggling with your past. Jesus called you so that you would be mighty, so that you would be strong, so that you would be capable, so that you would be full of faith, so that you would take new mountains, so that you would be able to say to a mountain, get up and move. But here's the thing. You can't hear what God is saying about your future when you're listening to your past. You can't hear it. I'll never forget this because this happened to me just recently. I remember I was, I was desperate to hear from God. 
I needed to, to hear from God. You ever been in that place online? You, you just know you need to hear something from God. And you're, maybe it's a question that you have in your heart or you're, you're wondering what's, what's going on in your life and, and you're trying to hear from God. I, I was in that point and I, was, I said, God, I've got to hear from you. I've got to hear from you. And it was like silence. And I, I couldn't hear what was going on and it was like, Lord, why, how come I'm not hearing from you? How come you're being quiet? And I felt the Spirit remind me I had this person talk to you and they encouraged you in this way, that way, and this way. Then I had this person talk to you and they said this, that, and the other and it was all really good. The problem is, is that you were expecting me to correct you when I was trying to encourage you. I already talked to you. Come on. Jesus is talking. Jesus will talk to you through your kids. Jesus will talk to you through your boss. Jesus will talk to you through having a conversation with somebody at Starbucks. Jesus is talking. We have to open up our ears and say, God, what are you saying today? How are you speaking to me today? So if that's what shame does, what was Jesus' response? How did he deal with, with their, 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 um, their, their, their framework of shame? How did he do it? Well, look at what he says. He says, but Jesus, aware of this, said, oh, you of little faith. Everybody say, faith is the solution. Online, faith is the solution. Faith is the solution to shame. Jesus, you notice he didn't say, hey guys, I, I wasn't talking about that. I, you know, I just want you to know it's okay that you didn't bring bread. No, he's like, guys, this is an issue of faith. It's interesting. He said, this is an issue of faith. Why? Because when you believe what God has done, and you believe that God is powerful, you're not worried about your weaknesses, your hangups, and your issues. Look, faith remembers miracles, not mistakes. Faith remembers miracles, not mistakes. If you wanna look to your past, then look at what God has already done for you. Don't look at how you messed up. Look at what God has already done for you. Look at the ways that God has broken through in your life. Look at the ways that God has provided through you throughout your years. Look at the ways that God has spoken to you when you needed encouragement. Look at the ways that God saved you out of darkness and out of sin. You gotta look at the miracles. You can't look at your mistakes. We need to teach ourselves from the miracles of the past. Paul said to Timothy, he said, Timothy, remember the prophetic words that are spoken over you and fight with them. Why? Because you have to remember what God said last in order to be able to get you to where you need to be today. And let me just tell you, if, you've, if it's been a long time since you've heard from God, here's what I want you to do. Go back to the last thing that he said. 
go back to the last thing that he said and say, God, I'm holding on to this word until you give me a new one. You know, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't that great of an athlete, and that's okay. I got over it. Um, but I wasn't that great of an athlete, but you know what, I'll be honest with you, it wasn't because I, I'm not athletic. Thank you for not laughing, appreciate that. But the reason that I wasn't that good in sports is because I couldn't forget the last play. If I went down and I missed a layup, which rarely happened, but if I did miss a layup, what would happen is I was thinking about the layup and I didn't play D. If I was playing football and I missed a tackle, instead of looking at the quarterback to see where the next, where the ball's gonna go, I'm thinking about the last tackle that I missed. Because I was so concerned about what was, I was so wrapped up in my own issues that I couldn't see what was happening in the moment. I believe that we're supposed to be fully aware of what God is doing right now. Fully aware. The disciples are like, we didn't bring any bread. Jesus is like, bread? Guys, how many baskets did you pick up? You know, maybe they would have had an excuse if Jesus only fed one massive multitude of thousands and thousands of people. Maybe they would have had an excuse and said, well, God, I thought that that was like a one-time deal. You're only gonna, you know, you only heal multitudes like once. But no, this happened within weeks of itself and it literally happened moments before this whole interaction. I mean, they hadn't even slept yet. Jesus is saying, wait a second, guys, why am I, I'm not talking about bread, guys. Do you remember, remember when I broke it? I gave it to you and then I gave it to you. Where, where did the other one come from? That's right, I made it, yeah. I'm not worried about bread. I'm not worried about what you lack. I'm not worried about the thing that you forgot. I'm not worried about what happened yesterday. I know you forgot the bread. I saw it on the shore before we left. I'm not worried about the bread. I made bread. Can I tell you something? Jesus, he's so, he's so good. He's so patient. Do you believe that God has plans in store for you? Come on, online, do you believe that? Do you believe that God wants to do something miraculous in your life? Do you believe that God is bigger than your strengths? Do you believe that God is able to compensate for your weaknesses? Do you believe that when God sends you into a situation, he's not concerned how well you're gonna perform? God's not like, oh man, I hope they don't mess this up. This is my last opportunity. He sends you into a moment because he wants you to be a part of what he's doing.
He always does what he wants to do. He's like, oh, you want to come? You know, I, I have my son, he's, he's seven, and his job is to take the garbage out. And I'll be honest, he's still a work in progress. But you know what? I talk to him more about taking out the garbage than it would be easier if I just took out the garbage. I talk to him so much about it, I feel like, you know, hey, let's talk about the garbage again. Don't you think it's kind of like that with God? God's like, it would be easier if I just took it out myself, but man, I want to teach you something. I want you to be a part of what I'm doing. Listen, God doesn't get all, he doesn't get all freaked out if you mess up. He doesn't get all freaked out if you drop the ball. I want to tell you something. God's not even surprised. He was expecting that. He knew that you're coming to a new place in your anointing and your call. He knew that he wanted to use the failure that you experienced. He knew, he's like, well, you know what? That's gonna be the perfect medicine to get them exactly what I need. It's not because he messed you up, but it's because he says, I'll use it. Even the things that you've done in the past, God is so good, he says, that's not a problem, I'll mix that in. Listen, I was, I was doing a, 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 a training on, on discipleship and I, and I was talking to some people and, and I loved it because I, uh, I'm not pointing fingers. I, I've done the same thing. I do the same thing. And so I'll, you'll understand why I say that in a moment. But I, I was teaching about discipleship and I was talking about how we're supposed to pour into other people and how we're supposed to develop them and, and how, how we're, um, we're supposed to give them our best and, and we're supposed to, to believe that God is gonna do something for them. And I, someone raised their hand and they said, um, what if, what if you, um, what if you can't, you miss it? What if you feel like you're supposed to do something and then you don't do it? And I was kind of like, well, it's not really what we're talking about, but I'll answer it. And then someone else raised their hand. They said, well, what if, what if when you pray, the right words don't come out? And I stopped, I said, hey, team, this is not what we're talking about. You see, right now, what you're looking at is your capabilities, but when you go to do ministry, you operate with God's power. What you're looking at is your, your how, how well equipped you are, but when you go to do God's work, he's not looking for how well equipped you are, he's looking for how obedient you are. God's not concerned about what you lack when you come to a situation. He's worried about you saying, will you say yes? You know what Jesus, he said, hey guys, do you remember how many baskets you gathered? Do you remember that? And he said to them, he said, you gathered well, actually, he didn't even say this, but he asked the question, and I want to tell you the answer to the question. The first time that they, that they gathered the baskets, they gathered 12 baskets. How many disciples are there? 12. So the disciples didn't bring anything to the table. They stole a kid's lunch, and they brought it. 
and they brought it to the table and Jesus says, okay, I'll use that. And he began to, to multiply it, right? And the next time they didn't bring anything to the table, but what they did find in the crowd, they brought to Jesus and then they picked up seven basketfuls of bread. So the first time, they brought nothing to the table, yet every single one of them had a basket full of bread that they were carrying. The second time, they had seven baskets, and seven is a number that represents fullness or completeness. And so what Jesus was trying to show them is he's like, there's enough for you, and there's enough for everybody in the whole world. There is no lack in heaven, there is no problem with your issue. You might say, well, there's certain issues that just disqualify you and you can't. Nope, if the blood of Jesus has covered it, it's done. That's it. I told the people in the DNA group a story. I said, you know what? I remember, I felt like it had been, it had been prophesied over me that I was supposed to, uh, that I was gonna operate in the gift of healing. And so I said, okay. But I had never seen anybody healed. So I began to pray for people. And as I began to pray for people, um, they got worse. Or they didn't get better at least. And I would pray for people. And you know what? I think, I, and I'm not exaggerating. I, I prayed for hundreds of people to get healed. And I don't think anybody got healed. If they did, they didn't tell me. And that's not nice. But they didn't get healed. So I, I prayed for them, nobody's healed. Well, you know what? What do you do when that happens? You just say, man, I don't know why I'm no good at this, but God, in your word, it says, by your stripes, we are healed. In Mark 16, it says, signs and wonders will follow them that believe. God, you said, that this is supposed to happen. So if it's supposed to happen, if God has spoken it over your life, you're supposed to hold on to it. You don't look at the things that you didn't do well. You look at the things that you are saying, God, I believe that you will do this. So last night I was telling my, my kids this story and it was crazy for me personally. It was a moment for me because I was telling them this story and they said, they started to interrupt me and they said, oh, are you gonna tell them about this person that got healed? And I was like, what? I don't even, I don't remember that. And then they began to tell me the story of a person that got healed. And then my wife said, oh, you're gonna, you should mention this one. And I'm like, ah, I don't, I don't remember. And she began to tell me, she says, our neighbor, this is years ago, our neighbor came up to me and says, I don't know why, but I, I just felt like I was supposed to come and talk to you. I just heard from the doctor that I have stage four cancer and that it's, that I, I need to put things in order. And, and I remember I, I went and I grabbed my wife and, and we began to pray over our friend. And we began to pray over our friend. They went to the doctor. They came back and they said, you're not gonna believe this. Doctor said, I don't have cancer anymore. It's gone.
What is God saying right now? Do you think he's really concerned about the bread that you left? Do you think he's concerned about what you forgot? Or do you think that the Bible still has a lot that needs to be unfolded in your life? Do you think online that God still has promises that need to be fulfilled in your lifetime, in your family, at your workplace? Come on, stand to your feet. God is still talking. And if you listen to your past, you cannot hear what God has to say about your future. Listen. Jesus always has enough. And can I tell you something? I love this story. Listen, the Bible is so good. You should read it more. I know that you read it, and that's not, yeah. I love that Jesus explained it to them once. He says, guys, no, no. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, and they didn't get it. it said, oh, it's about the bread. No, I'm not talking about the bread, guys. And he circled back. He circled back and he's like, let me tell you again. I'm talking about the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. I'm talking to you about something that's really important. You believe, when you believe God, things begin to make sense. And when you don't listen to God, things get really confusing. But I believe that today, God wants to clear away the mud. He wants to remove the filter of shame. Because shame shuts your ears, but the Holy Spirit can open your ears today. Today, we need to have a funeral for our past, and we need to get rid of the shame so that we can hear what God is saying today.